This is Leisha Holmes of Key Recruitment and I'm thrilled to be joined today by a guest that some of you might be familiar with from earlier on in the summer. This is Caroline Oberman who's Regional Director for Linear Recruitment. Good morning to you Caroline, how are you? Um, morning Lisa, I'm really good and um, as you can see I'm back in the office today. <laughs> I was going to say those mirrors for those who are watching this on YouTube rather than listening on the podcast. Very impressive background backdrop. It's nice to see you back in the office. How's that been getting back into the office? It's actually been really good. Um, we're not we're not back in full time. Um, we're doing a little bit of a, a flexible working arrangement from from home in the office. Um, this week we asked our staff what they wanted to do as well, you know, so that people could have an input because we don't want people to do something they're not comfortable with. And everybody wanted a little bit of face to face time with each other. So um, yeah, it's been really good. I think from a morale and a mental health point of view to have, have, have people back in the office for a little bit. I'm really glad that you brought that up actually because you know since the changes um at the end of september where you know the encouragement was to if you can work from home it's interesting because recruitment has obviously had six months of you know having to adapt but actually from a productivity perspective but most importantly from a mental health um, perspective i think most recruiters feel that they need a connection even if it is just one or two days a week so I agree. I agree. And to be honest, the productivity wasn't an issue with people working from home. Our productivity was still um, equal to what it would be in the office, but it was more for that social connection for, for people and, and to feel part of a team. Yeah, I think it's energy, isn't it? It's energy, it's ideas, it's support, it's physical connection. You know, human beings need that, and especially salespeople, I think. We're, yeah, especially people in recruitment. <laughs> I think so, definitely. So it's really nice to see that, and, you know, that's, a, a, from, from my point of view, really encouraging for, for other people listening and watching to this. So since we last spoke, I think we were right in the smack of lockdown when we last caught up. What's actually been happening in the property and construction sector, which, of course, is your industry? So I think that we've been really, really fortunate. Um, I say to people all the time, uh, I feel really privileged to work in this sector because we've, we've come out of COVID really, really strong. Um, we've been really, really busy. I mean, at some points, I think during uh, August and September, we've been probably too busy to, to manage with, with, with what we have. Um, although I, after, after being shut down for a couple of months, I promised to never, ever complain about being busy ever again. Um, a lot of the stuff that we've been saying to our clients is, is just thank you for your business and appreciate you still working with us during this time. Um, but you know, all of the sites are back up and running. Um, sites have tried to catch up the, the work that they missed. Um, even though some of them weren't locked down, they've had you know, minimal people on site. Sites that used to having 60, 70 guys on sites went down to 10, 12 people on site. So their need for agency support has been huge over the last couple of months. Um, so we've actually been really, really busy. Um, the other surprising thing for us was um, we've had permanent recruitment going on as well, uh, which we didn't really forecast. Um, going back to the last recession, people didn't really want to hire permanent, but um, in the last couple of months, we've had a good number of permanent people hired. S some of them remotely as well, you know, interviews on Teams, Zoom, um, you know, things like that. So it's really been positive for for the, for the property and construction industry. It certainly sounds like it. And certainly from a perm, like you say, there are definite similarities to the last recession, but there are stark differences. And I think if your sector has embraced that people can work from home, then if they need a key hire, so is that what you're it's seeing? It surprised me, Alicia, because we, yeah. we work with a lot of, you know, construction companies that perhaps to, to some other sectors might feel are a little bit old fashioned or a little bit stuck in the ways. I mean, they're certainly not operated as some of these, you know, tech companies. 
Um, but they have really embraced it and found a way to work around this to, to, to keep the companies going. Um, and it's, it's been fantastic to work with. Yeah, that's really good. And, and obviously you can then look at their best practices and see how you can implement it and everybody can learn from each other. So as a business and as a regional director with, you know, obviously lots of people in your team, what strategies have you put in place to safeguard your business and then to potentially look at areas where you can grow revenue? And other, I mean, you mentioned Perm there. So what have you been doing? Yeah, I mean, we... Um Right at the beginning, um, we, we did some work on looking at what sectors would come out of the, the lockdown strongest. And obviously there was going to be you know, some areas that weren't as, as strong. Um, but housing has been a really, really great area. Um, they've obviously still wanted to reach their, their targets. And, and the property market itself for, for selling and buying houses has been very, very busy. So that's an area of our business we've concentrated on a lot. Um, as a business, we, we do normally do a lot of work within student accommodation, um, and that actually all went ahead to be handed over in, in the last couple of weeks um, for the students all coming back, which has happened, you know, all on time. Which at some point during the you know, during the lockdown, we, we didn't think that was was going to be an area, you know, or perhaps that might be delayed by twelve months. But no, that's been really really busy as well. And then sort of going forward. Um, we are looking more at, you know, manufacturing companies that might be building warehouses or logistics, um, education, uh, healthcare, those sort of businesses. Um, the focus on, you know, providing more sort of contractors on, on that basis as well. Yeah, definitely. So any, anybody that's associated with manufacturing for the vaccine or PPE or the logistics of that, that's just going to be a massive sector in itself. It's going to be crazy. It's just going to be crazy. And to be honest with you, we are still suffering with a skill shortage in construction. That, that shortage hasn't gone away, you know. Um, so there is still quite a need for good quality, skilled people from a, from a trades level right up to a, a managerial or director level. So, you know, I think the work, as long as, as, long as the, the sites keep going, will we'll, we'll continue to be there. That, that leads very nicely to something we were talking about before we started recording, which is the sort of more social responsibility side of some of what your clients are doing in the, in the community and looking at training workshops and so on. So how can people get involved who are maybe, they're aware of a, maybe a young person that's gone and done a qualification and it's not going to have a, there's not going to be a job at the end of it. What, what can you advise and what can you do to get connected to those sorts of so, Like we were saying before, actually, we're working. Um, so one of our large clients are, are putting on a training facility in Partington um, to, to, with, in conjunction with the CITB. So the prim primarily it will be for people to gain qualifications in CSCS and things like that. But they've asked their suppliers and we're going to get involved in, in doing additional training for people. So CV writing, um, interview prep, social, you know, social media, how you can get yourself out on there. There is still a massive shortage in construction. I was having, um, interesting if I was talking to a site manager from one of our clients about it yesterday and how it probably does need to be a little bit more pushed in education in schools. He was saying to me actually when he was at school and the careers advisors came in, they sort of said, right, well, if you go and work in HR, you can be a HR director and you can earn £60,000 a year. If you go and work in construction, you can earn £30,000 a year. Oh, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. You know, you, you, can, you can probably earn £30,000 as a, as, a, as a startup in construction. You know, you know we have a, you know, trainee and assistant site managers on 24, 25 grand plus a package. Um, if you work your way up in construction, you can easily still earn that sort of money. So I think maybe the information that's getting passed on to people at that, you know, entry level in, in you know, when you're thinking of 
do I want to go to university? Do I want to do an apprenticeship? They aren't always getting the best information. Um, there's obviously also been a, a huge drop in apprenticeships because of COVID. Um, I know that the government has now put sort of an incentive scheme in for people to take apprenticeships, but you know, we do need more companies in construction to start giving people that opportunity. In. Or 20, 30 years time, if we've got a skill shortage now, it's, it's going to be horrific. Yeah, it's going to be really terrible, isn't it? And there is, a, I mean, it's a totally different topic, isn't it? But it's, it's related to what you're talking about. There is a disconnect in the education system to what the actual reality is, which is why sort of plugging of what you're doing with your with your um, client in Partington is absolutely essential. And I'm really passionate about this being a parent of teenagers, you know, that there's it's a little bit draconian. Um, you know, you could become a teacher, you could become, could become a doctor. What about becoming a developer? What about becoming, you know, working in construction? These are fantastic. Well, I know when I was at school, no one said to me, Caroline, have you thought about being a quantity surveyor? Have you thought about being a planner? I mean, there were just never things that were sort of put forward um, and it's it's such a terrible shame and obviously women in construction as well, another area I'm really passionate about. Just don't think it's pushed enough, you know, women have some really, really great skills that are, you know, so useful on, a, on site and, and organisational skills and project management skills, but again, you know, it just isn't pushed in, in schools and education up, I don't think. So actually, if anyone's watching or listening to this that's got, you know, a relative or it's you watching or listening this and you're a young, you know, female, um, what would your advice be, Caroline, in terms of making, elevating yourself and making yourself attractive to, to going into the construction market? I think it's just about sort of getting yourself out there, really, making some good connections. Um, I mean, you, you know, if anybody wants to get into the construction industry, there are a multitude of, of qualifications that you can do via via an apprenticeship or via you know a university course you know or if you you know if you've just come out of school or you've just come out of college and you're 18 and you're wanting to get some experience you can go and get yourself a CSCS card and just try and get your foot on the door on you know on site with somebody because a lot of people that's what happens a lot of it is by chance you get your foot in the door you start working really really hard you get noticed by people and they then start to invest in you as well so you know there's lots of routes out there and, and you know if anybody does want to have a, a chat with me and give me a call you know or get some advice or an introduction to any clients then I'm more than happy to, to, to have a chat with people too right and anybody that is watching or listening to this start following caroline on linkedin because you are a huge ambassador for you know women in construction generally but you've, you're very well connected on networking because that's one thing that you've recently started doing you've done a lot more virtual networking do you want to tell us a little bit about that your thursday 11 o'clock slot yeah, so I mean, prior prior to lockdown, the only sort of networking I'd done had been like going to like chamber of commerce or going to a like an industry specific event. Um, but obviously, you know, in lockdown, I couldn't leave the house, so I found some more online things. And, and there were a couple that I joined that have all been actually really, really good, and I've I've met some really, really great connections, and actually got some some business from it as well. Actually, um, actually started working with some really good people. Um, but the, 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 the one I sort of continued on with is, uh, is called Bitter, which is the uh, British and Irish Trading Alliance and they have different chapters and the Thursday at 11 o'clock is, is the Liverpool chapter, there's a Friday at 4 o'clock Manchester chapter as well, um, but it's, 
probably a bit different from your normal networking. So people don't do a bit of a salesy spiel each week and, and sell their wares. It's actually about genuinely getting to know people, understanding them as people, understanding their business. So that when you are recommending a business to somebody else, you can do it fully knowing, yeah, that that is talking about. But it's been it's been really good because I'm sure other people feel this way, but when you are maybe in a, a senior managerial role or a director role in a business, it can be a little bit lonely. Um, you know, you haven't you know you haven't got your peers around you every day or you know that, that sort of um, team feel. And it's been really nice to meet other other people in, in the same sort of role. Um, and make some great friendships as, as well as business relationships. I think one benefit, I, I've done an awful lot of networking since lockdown and like you, you know, I'm very confident in my ability and I put myself out there, but imposter syndrome every now and again, you know, flares up. And I think that's what's brilliant about having a peer group of people that you can be open and honest with. Oh, 100%. I, I went to one once. I'd been to, I went to a client meeting one Thursday that really hadn't gone how I expected it to go. And I was in a terrible mood and I, I was late and I'd rushed home to, to log on and, and go on this call. And I said to everybody, I'm just really not feeling myself today. I've been in this meeting and this has happened and this, that and the other. And it was a, a lot to do with reduction of fees. And everybody really made me feel you don't need to reduce your fees, Caroline. Why are you even having these thoughts in your head? It made me sort of get my, my mind back together. And I was so appreciative of that, you know, and without that, I would have probably just gone home and, you know, shouted at my dogs or something. Oh, you'd never shout at your dog. You could never oh, do that. That's, that's true. Been <laughs> for a very long walk. And I do, I do think, and actually anybody that is listening or watching that hasn't yet joined a, a networking community within whatever your industry is, even if it's around with people that aren't necessarily doing what you do, but a peer group, I'm a huge advocate and I know myself, I've, I've also benefited financially. I've, I've earned revenue from people that wouldn't have known six months ago, but just from an emotional support, it's a safe place and you create such amazing friendships. I, I care about these people now. I want to help them. And I, say, I think that's the most wonderful thing that's come out of, uh, out of this whole COVID situation. So, I mean, I know you haven't got, you've got beautiful glassware all around you, all these mirrors, but I don't know if you've got a crystal ball there, Caroline, but can you, <laughs> if only, if only you did, but can you give me some sense of what you think is going to happen? Certainly as we sort of head into the next six months before, um, you know, Bojo maybe throws another bomb under us, but what, what would your, I guess your reflection so far and then what you think might happen going forward? Gosh, that's a really difficult question, isn't it? Um, I mean, in terms of our business, um, one of the areas that's been hit hardest from, from, the, from the changes is our temporary business but for managerial staff and we were talking about that before we came on weren't we um, and I'm hoping that next year that's going to be an area that's going to take off again for us um, my opinion it's just my opinion not fact but my opinion is that you know sort of this year with furlough and the people coming back from furlough and perhaps not taking their holidays this year and rolling them over to next year hasn't given us that usual spike in holiday cover for our temporary business and things like that but next year, when it, with everyone having, you know, rolling over their holidays and things like that, we will get more of those clients needing that short-term cover. So I think that's going to be a good growth area for, for our business. I mean, as long as everybody, you know, sort of follows the rules that we're meant to be doing now and, you know, we can get through these next six months, which, you know, I'm absolutely certain that we can. You know, March, April next year, things should start getting a little bit back to normal. I, I, 
I was that looks like you you are a perpetually positive person and that's why we absolutely you can only be positive can't you Alicia well exactly so what what do you do personally to stay positive give, to give us a few of your tips that's, that's kept so I think probably God, a couple of years ago I just literally decided to myself that I was no gonna no longer going to worry about anything that I didn't have control of because there is no point so there's no point worrying about what Boris Johnson is or isn't going to tell us to do. There's no point worrying about what may or may not happen in the next couple of months because I, I, I can't affect that. The only thing I can affect is my own self and, and how I deal with that. So I think that's probably the thing that's kept me the, the most positive. And, you know, I've always been a big advocate of people, you know, getting outside, lots of fresh air, lots of walks, lots of exercise, um, get yourself a dog. Definitely. Get yourself a dog. <laughs> you can, I know we talked off there about um, the animal sanctuary near me. Are you, are you connected to any animal charities at all? And if so, we'll signpost people to it. Oh, 100%. So one of my dogs came from a rescue called Healing Paws, which is an unbelievable charity. So Healing Paws is a lady called Sue, um, and she's based in Zakynthos. Um, so when she went to Zakynthos, she never went there to, to rescue dogs. She went there to be with her daughter to set up a holistic therapy and Reiki business. Oh, wow! <laughs> she relocated herself off to Zakynthos to do this business. But in Zakynthos, they treat dogs especially badly. Oh, so no. Put them into the, the wilderness. They, she rescues them from down drain pipes. They just throw them into the drainage system. They leave them on the side of roads. Um, and she literally thought to herself, I can't, I can't, I can't live here and, and watch this happen. So she set up a, a UK based charity where she will, you know, if anybody in Zakynthos finds a stray dog or she will get a phone call saying, you know, I've, I can hear, you know, crying down a drain pipe, I can hear it in the woods. Can you come and try and rescue these dogs? And she will take them to a shelter. Um, and then people from the UK or, or other parts of the world can, can, can adopt these dogs. And they do, pre-COVID, it was four trips a, um, a year. No, actually, no, two, two trips a month. It's now four trips a year, but it was two trips a month. And they basically drive them from Zakynthos in the back of a disused ambulance over to the UK. So they sort of go on a ferry across to mainland Greece, drive through Europe, across the channel. They have a passport. But, you know, you, you, then, you know I picked up Hudson from a... Um, service station, I think it's Keel Services, we, we stood there and waited <laughs> this four day trip in the back of this ambulance. Um, but they're doing such a good job. You know, the, the people who are adopting, you have to, you know, be fully checked out. You get somebody coming to your house, make sure your house is safe. And then make sure that the dog that you want is right for you as well, because they want to give those dogs the best possible chance of succeeding in their new home. And you, you even have to sign a contract to say that if you you know, if you ever decided that you were going to give that dog up, you, you can't, you have to give it back to the charity. So, so you, stop, you yeah. can't pass it on to your friend or something. Oh, that's amazing. Do you know, it's really yeah. funny, like Scooby sent something. Scooby's just jumped down from sleep and is, is looking for something. God, Caroline, what an amazing charity. We'll definitely they call They are fantastic. Them. Healing Paws, they're called Healing Paws. Oh, no, we'll, 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 we'll attach it to that. I'll make sure Shannon's on the case with that. Oh, it's been so delightful as always. And you always make me smile. You're such a refreshing set of eyes <laughs> for industry. And I think... You know, the property and recruitment have always gone hand in hand together. They're, they're a very strong barometer of what's actually happening happening in the economy. And, you know, coming away from this conversation, I'm hoping most people listening to this will feel more positive about, you know, what they can do. And I'm, I'm with you. 
you, I, I say this all the time, you can only affect your own microcosm. You don't, can't worry about what's happening. You only can control what you can control. It's serenity. So thank yeah. you for joining us today. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Lovely to see you, Alicia. Thank you.